this week on Ace on the House. Takei tells me, paint the flat midnight blue. It's nighttime, midnight blue. And I go, all right, paint it midnight blue. And the guys give me midnight, midnight blue, and we start painting it. And, and the whole time, Lou is going, don't you want to call George and verify this color with him? And I'm like, uh, it's midnight blue. He said midnight blue. We're, we're painting it. Don't you want to verify? I give. I was 316 pounds with 2% body fat. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. You got to talk to Lou. You, you got to talk to Lou. Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday or visit aceonthehouse.com only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Okay, welcome podcasters. We're ready to go today, as we usually do. We start off with a little music. I've been doing a music uh, kind of history series. And where we are in that series is up to around these couple of tunes I'll be playing will come from the 30s. There'll be modern versions of them. Um, and a period where uh, European harmony is now beginning to uh, influence jazz. Remember, jazz earliest stages on the riverboats and the fields and so on um, where limited uh, players were limited in their understanding of their instrument. And also the harmonies were very simple and simple chords, two or three chords. But now with the, with the influence of France and George Gershwin and composers like him going over to Europe and studying composition, now we begin to get a little more sophisticated chords. We're not there totally yet, but here's one phase of it around the 30s. Here's the first, I'm walking my baby back home. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
Okay, welcome, podcasters. We're in the midst of... Uh, uh, last week I was trying to introduce a new voice and the many voices that we're borrowing in the world to um, understand the purposes deeply of what, what's important in our life. Um, so today I'm going to try to... And that episode was called... Uh, uh, the Anthropology of St. Paul, which was his idea about flesh and spirit and the importance of them being together. Anyway, my introduction, the aim of the series, we always want to go back to what are we trying to do, is to take a deep look at ourselves. We have to start by looking at ourselves and mostly our inner life from the point of view that has the source that goes back, we're going to use like old wisdom and mixed in with new stuff um, that goes far back in time. The voices in time that cry out from way back, from Jesus to Moses to Sariya Rambindo, Krishna, all different, um, even in Western psychology with Carl Jung and Freud and uh, beyond the famous English analysis. Anyway, all those voices are calling out uh, a great underground stream of ideas and practices that repeatedly rise to the surface of human history. Every generation, every decade, these voices cry out to us. Um, kind of to begin to take a look at yourself and where you are. They softly repeat in different languages and forms, sounds, something like stop. Stop wherever you are right now. Don't make life just business as usual. But there's a kind of a, a larger calling for you. Learn to look at yourself. They're asking us to do that. To go deeper and look at yourself. Learn to remember the high reality of your birthright. Just being a human. Though we're 80, well, the chimpanzees have 84% of our genetic nature, but even that another 16% that we have over the chimpanzees, um, to utilize every moment, to utilize our, our higher nature, um, that we ignore. And we recognize the falsehood of our conditioned life. We can't just believe everything we think or say. We're very limited. The self we find ourselves in is very limited. And there's something more. And this, this uh, series is calling us to that something more. Speaking, Jim, of something more, that's exactly what we need. And we have uh, PayPal these days, and the contributions have been coming in, and we appreciate it. But um, unfortunately, we're asking for more. Are we going to play like some soft violin behind all this kind of stuff? I was trying to give it a nice little <laughs> ambient sound there. You know, Ray's right. We, uh, we have been getting the donations, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. I've been trying to send emails to as many people as I can to thank them personally from us. But... Um, it's not going quite as well as Adam had hoped, so we're we're putting out the plea again to please try and bump up uh, 
give what you can, you know, uh, in lieu of, of going and paying full price for a, uh, a personal therapist, this is a, uh, a good weekly... Not, not in lieu of, no. go, go to that too. Well, absolutely, I mean, but, but I'm saying in lieu of, you know, in lieu of having to spend that much money every single week, you know, we're here for you every week. Maybe just throw us a few shekels, a few dollars if you wouldn't mind, and uh, it'll keep us on the air and it'll uh, keep us interacting with you and keep the Ace Man happy. And you can go to uh, acegymcarolla.com and uh, click on the PayPal donate button, and it's very, very simple. So uh, thank you very much to everyone who has, and thank you for continuing to do so. Okay. That was comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Just to clarify, yeah, this you're not getting psychotherapy here at all. That's something you would have to really do on your own. And we would hope, and I'm not any guru in that sense, but I'm just trying to listen to those voices of the past and of the future and uh, what's being said now and see if we can tag on to a little bit and uh, wake up to a higher form of possible work. Okay, now I'm gonna, uh, before I get into Paul, I want us to get us a picture. It's like a metaphor. So be something like that. I call it the flow. We are born in the flow of two powerful forces. One is the bondage of nature and its laws. One force is powerfully. There's nothing wrong with it. It's the species we're in. Uh, and it's a tremendously powerful force. Um, and our laws, a psychosexual development conveyor belt. We're on like once we're born, and then according to how it went, whether the fetus, everything was going okay with the fetus, uh, the actual birth itself. Um, I come from a period where people, my folks were, were born um, by midwives and out of hospitals. Um, then there were things that went wrong. That's coming back, by the way. It's yeah. becoming more popular. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a very personal part of it. Um, but how birth went, uh, um, and to escape the fate of the, n- the nature's bondage, we must intentionally make, make the requisite payment. We're going to have to pay for this. So as we are put on that conveyor belt, you can picture a conveyor belt like with a picture myself on a Jim Carolla and how the, um, all that beginning started. Remember my theory of my mother that I was gassed very early. I, I guess that was anesthetics we used. But she, she said that's how I began. Um, so there's different beginnings of this. But once we get on the conveyor belt, the laws of the conveyor belt take over. And they just uh, bring their tendencies, their habits, their biology, their neurology, and that's one force. Um, one that absolutely, if not tampered with, not thought about, not investigated, it will go to the end and drop off into the basket of, 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 of where, wherever we are. The basket of your coffin, you mean? Yeah, basket of your coffin. In the meantime, that's that's the fate of most of us. I mean, we're all going to die, but the fate of um, 
living, totally the mechanical laws of nature and not anything else. So what is needed will be effort of knowledge so needed um, in order to overcome the mechanical compulsion of that force. Intentional, inten uh, intentional intervention. And that's what I'm hoping this show will help with. This is like kind of an intervention. It's not the work itself. It's just like a little call. An intentional intervention is needed to fulfill the natural functioning. In other words, whatever we are doing, that's what I call the natural functionings of a nature, um, and do it with integrity and perfection. In other words, do your job and do it right, and the possibility of fulfilling at the same time, the possibility of, of fulfilling the spiritual possibilities also. Spiritual purposes, we'll call them. The spirit is discovered um, with the special attention founded on a progressive clarity. The spirit slowly, if we begin to get interested and begin to read or begin to um, be with people or... Um, be in a community or go to psychotherapy, all, all different kinds of possibilities, a progressive clarity of the mind and heart begin. Unless you get on that part of it, the progressive uh, clarity of mind and heart, then we'll stay right with the old nature uh, to the end. The basic existence of the spiritual self has to do with attention, which we haven't even gotten in deeply yet. Sensitivity, mindfulness, we covered some of that in Buddhism, uh, and insight. In other words, we can begin to get insights about what's going on. Um, but these are not, uh, these are not the guide, um, guidelines that, are, that we're talking about. I'm sorry. These are not the qualities that are automatically required in laws of nature. In other words, they, they never have to come, what I'm talking about. The laws of nature does its job beautifully. I mean, if things are going right, particularly physically and mentally. Um, and, and yeah, you're not paying attention to them. All right, they, go on, they go on automatically. They require... Now... Um, this other part, that they require effort. So there's an effort needed now. That grinding on will go on. Be coming in our usual habits we get into, coming home from a hard day's work, having three beers and sitting in front of the television set. Um, Who that, does that? that? <laughs> <laughs> right. They require effort, education, work, and in general involves the, the enormous struggle with the worldly forces of that first nature. Now, so we can't, we can't have a superficial approach. It can't be just a theory. We would actually have to struggle uh, with those forces. Mechanicals, nature's tendencies and habits and addictions, we all know them. They're very powerful. You know what's funny about that is, um, well, not funny, but like take something you do uh, on a daily basis and then um, 
for the for for waking up, you know, as far as like uh-huh. sitting or or a count or something like that, or that you keep a log of, and then don't do it for let's say two three days, and then you'll you'll really sense it it's gone. Like you can like when you said it needs a continuous attention, it really does because you'll get lost in the first nature in a clip. It will just take you over. Yeah. And you won't even and and you're not and you're not conscious of it, and then before you know it, the the week's out or the week's over or whatever you, or whatever it is that you've noticed, and it's um it's quite prevalent. Yeah, you know, it, it's mm. happened to me of late a lot, and then seeing you know my behaviors and the first nature and what I am addicted to and how I do hide out. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ray speaking for all of us, um, the 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 move towards what's called the spiritual purpose of the spirit, using um, uh, Saint Paul's uh, words, flesh and spirit. Um, every day, every day, some energy has to be put into that in some way, and if it's neglected, as Ray saying, or we go off, um, we get further from it. And if we get neglected enough, then it goes away almost totally. Though we have it in mind somewhere that there's another purpose. But we, we, the lower nature is so developed that it just will not. Or the lower nature also tries to um, speak with the spirit and make it its own. Hmm. Or twists it into something else. Yeah, right, saying recruits the lower nature recruits this higher ambition. Um, yeah, that that's very... That can be used a lot in argument and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, or a lot in, you know, righteousness. When I think the higher nature is way more patient and, and, and loving, mm. you know, versus the latter, which is, you know, saying that you're right. Mm. A lot of saying you're right. You're right. Yeah, so there's a lot of little tricky corners, and uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of false spirit, and there's also good flesh too. In other words, um, so it's going to take a while to really see what this means to me individually. And a few podcasters who might be interested in it um, to find our way in it. We need help. Freedom is not um, actuality. In other words. We don't get it, uh, it's not a given for a vast majority of human beings who have neither the inclination nor the ability to struggle against one's own lower nature. So most of the world's not interested in it. The vast majority of the world is not, has no inclination towards it. In fact, with, with the booming in electronic world and entertainment and tremendous diversions and promises of, of that and all that equipment and makes it even more difficult. So the mass world goes on as it is. You know, it talked, um, I just read an article in Time that actually spoke of what you're saying right now um, about willpower and... They mention how to start off your day, and 
they don't say meditation or anything. They say wake up a little bit earlier and lay in bed for five, ten minutes and get yourself together. Hmm. You know, and then doesn't that lead to falling back asleep though? For you, it does. I'm and then, <laughs> no, for me, it, yeah, it, it's it's hit the snooze button again. But um, that, there were a few different things in there that that were li- right along the lines that you were saying a couple of weeks ago with willpower it was pretty. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. definitely paralleled. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty interesting, and that's kind of what you're. I think they they were more or less speaking of the spiritual world. Hmm. Okay, Rose Ray talking about a Times article of last week. It's um, so one the cover with the um, the Latinos will elect the next president. Okay. So that would have been the first week of March. Sorry, just for everyone who's hearing this a little later. We're recording this a little early, so. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so to sum up this part, we are born spiritually blind. We can't help it. We're born spiritually blind and must struggle for any new kind of seeing. We will be blind to it. There will be no inclination towards it. There will be no even way of wanting, caring to do it at all. The lower nature totally has us wrapped up. So we're born spiritually blind. Freedom is possible only when a person is intentionally rightly ordered. Now, see, that part, need to stop for a moment there. Intentionally rightly ordered so that the lower um, and less conscious parts are able to hear and obey the more conscious parts you see what I mean? In other words, unless something's ordered, in, unless we have a place inside ourselves that has some order, um, which I call like an intermediate bridge or self, um, unless, we, unless we have that, we can't hear it, we can't hear this material, we can't obey it, we can't get involved in the discipline of it. Lower nature will not allow that to happen. Yeah, and it takes you away. I mean, we'll just... Like, if you have a character within yourself, like, I have one that's a, a, a victim, you know, like, I have a victim role. Mm-hmm. And if you if you are so tightly wound and, and spun up in that, you're not going to hear it. No fucking way. Believe me, I know. <laughs> it just takes you. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, it's... it's and you know what's funny about it, though? You actually get tired of it because you're not even buying it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's what's happened to me a few times with different things. But, mm-hmm. you know, the reality of it can change. You know, it's still the same thing, but it, it, it'll change. And then, you know, if you have a chance, the higher can can get in there and see it and then not buy it. And then, you know, not have to because you because the lower ones you hang on to a long time. You know, it can take you through the week or, uh, you know, they have definitely a a weight to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, podcasters, I'm sure things that Ray speaks of may be something that you are aware of also. Um, and you know where else you can get aware, Jim? Amazon.com, baby. Okay. And personal creations. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla. And this is a plea because business is business and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea. 
and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. Have you ever wanted to send anybody a personalized gift, like a mug with your face on it? Something along those lines? Or initialed with their initials, maybe? You know what you got to do? Check out personalcreations.com. They're the experts in personalizing and have tons of great gift ideas for friends and family of all ages. They have tons of incredible products for home decor, keepsakes, jewelry, apparel. Everything can be personalized. Everything and anything. You can put your mug, their mug, whoever's mug you want on it. Plus, personalcreations.com is giving our listeners 20% off the entire order. Hurry, this amazing offer won't last too long, so get on it. Plus, personalcreations.com is giving 20% off to our listeners. And we're grateful, and you should be too. So hurry up, this is an amazing offer, and it's not going to last long. Here's how you get 20% off your entire order. Go to personalcreations.com. That's personalcreations.com. Click on the star and type in lesson. Don't wait. Order now, man. Help us out. Thanks. Okay, well, that's new to me, personal creations. Um, (laughs) Okay, so now let's, with that in mind, some background. In particular, that last thing I said, rightly ordered part of ourselves that can listen, can learn, will be interested. Um, if we don't have that part, there's no way can we come up against the power of, um, of the other part of our nature, the mechanical part of our nature. Now, <clears throat> back to the voices kind of from the past that are saying stop for a moment. St. Paul, uh, he was an educated Jew. He lived in Palestine. Uh, He lived somewhere on the outskirts of Palestine. Uh, He was very involved with Judaism. Um, but he was known as Saul then, right? The yeah, Je- that's, his, that's his Hebrew name, yeah, Saul. Um, and um, I, I, I'm not sure what his position was in the, in the synagogue. It might have been, but I can't think of the word. Not prophet. Money launderer. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a little funny, Jim. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, so that's so he was right up, right in, right into Judaism, and um, in fact, it was, this was during the period of uh, Jesus's uh, tenure. Um, in fact, one of he took on the job of going after the Jewish converts to uh, the following of Christ. It wasn't called Christianity then. Did they call it Jews for Jesus? Because they call it Jews for Jesus now. I don't know what they called it then. Um, but anyway, um, he, he, for quite a period of time, searched, took out teams of men with him, and they brought these su- supposedly conversions from Judaism to Christianity, and they took these people back in arms, in irons, and uh, he did that. That was something that, and he was very good at it too. And he was mad about it. And he wanted to, 
um, until on the road to Damascus, he supposedly had a, a spiritual experience that changed that around. Wait a minute. He was taking people in shackles for, for what? To convert Jew, Jews to Christians? They had already been following Christ in some way or another. And he, uh, of course, there were some cities close by, not just in, um, in, in, in Jerusalem. Uh, and he, had, he went out with a caravan, just like you would find the criminal, criminals that they call those bounty hunters. Yeah. He was like, that would be a good name. He was like a bounty hunter to bring these people back and put them in chains and to return them. So until he got this um, kind of spiritual epiphany on the road to Damascus, um, he, he then woke up from a spell. He woke up from supposedly Jesus uh, spoke to him, as there says in the New Testament. And um, he was blind for three or four days after that and ended up in, um, in some town close by and looked up a, a person whom in this, uh, in this uh, scene that he had with Jesus spoke about you you to contact a certain person. And he did. And a vision, his blindness, it's a, it's a good metaphor, his blindness began to clear up and he began to see. And that's kind of part of what this transformation is. Going up from from blind eyes. Remember I said well, we're born blind to this and they have to search for vision in our life. For Paul, flesh is not synonymous with the body. He's not just talking about body or um, physicality or materiality. He's mis he misunderstood in that where it's not sex. A lot of people think he's talking about sex. Though sex could be uh, 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 part of the false self, but that's not particularly what he was going after. Not, not so much one's physical needs or pleasure or comfort. It wasn't a bodily thing. And this is the hardest part to understand. It was like one's psychosexual being where one's body and psyche come together you sense where your body, you feel something in your body um, and see how it is manifesting in our life. So in our gestures, you can see a person, the way they hold themselves, their gait, their gestures, that's telling you a lot about them. There's a really a connection. If you see how, my, how your body is moving around, I can know my... My, uh, the soul part of me, it's in my body. It's all being imprinted in the body. Um, and, um, you do that. I mean, I do that now. Like, you, you can uh -huh. sus, sus people up or, or, or feel them by the way they move or, or gestures or what you see. I mean, people do that innately, don't they? Yeah, pretty, pretty naturally. Um, but, this, but this is mostly for ourselves, to see ourselves. It's not so much the information we're getting about other people. 
But to see that in ourselves. Yeah, I'm better at reading it than others. Right. So his concept would be more of like Freud's concept of the ego and the id. Now we're getting a little closer to it. The lowest common denominator, that's the id, and the mechanical life of, of the ego. And you're very close to what Paul means by flesh. Let me say, I'm going to say it psychologically. Freud's concept of the ego and id, the id being the lowest common denominator of mechanical life, so it's just our instinctual life, unconscious life, and, um, and, uh, and the ego, which is our image life, the life at the surface. That, that I would be close to his concept of the flesh. So the, the id is the instinctual self that wants immediate satisfaction. The ego is the conscious self-image um, um, uh, that maintains and, um, and protects that self. The ego protects it. The ego is the agent that talks for it, that keeps the flesh in the same position. It is the human being and its conditioned concrete limitness. It's a limitness. He's talking about a false self, a limitness, not so much the, about the sex or body. The self trying to define itself apart from the higher. It wants to be in that part. It's trying to define itself by its quest. And one of the Three things is possessions, power, and prestige. So it's going after those three things the most. The flesh self is very insecure because it has lost touch with its center of gravity and deep grounding. It doesn't know who it is. And this is the self we mostly live in. We are trapped in a tiny self that needs so much attention, so much affirmation, because it's alienated from something that's really close to what it um, needs to be in. Apart from higher consciousness, this part is always needy. It's wanting something. It's insecure. It's always trying to bolster its image. Is characterized by scarcity. It's always digging for something. So Paul meant more of that flesh, that that conditioned I, that's stuck in first nature, and and living off of all the tendencies and habits of the culture, and and with that occupying and preoccupying their whole life. And that yeah. also can lead to, it goes hand in hand with a, a deep fantasy life too. Yeah, good point. Uh, and we now have to develop a fantasy life um, to bolster that. We have to develop stories. We're going to create dramas. This happens in relationship mostly. We have to recreate this material and blame other people, project this frustration onto other people. Um, okay, I see our time is pretty much up. 
All right, so I'll just... But, but let me say, if you don't see yourself in what Jim describes as flesh, um, I think that really hit home for... I mean, everybody is in this. Everybody has this. Mm-hmm. You know, no, nobody escapes. Right. Yeah, this is a... This I mean, is your, and your description was just, you know, I mean, if you didn't feel part of that, then you weren't listening. Yeah. It made my palms sweat. Oh, okay. So podcasters, you can see, um, and this conveyor belt we're on, we're all on it. Now, we need to fulfill the purposes of that um, first force, of that first nature. And, I mean, and really do it right. Isn't that what we're trying to get out of anything? This is, the, this is the situation we're born into. But also, eventually, the turn, remember we're spiritually blind, so it's going to take a while to get those eyes open and um, begin to see a, a deeper horizon, a deeper vision, uh, which is the second purpose of our life which Paul called spirit. And let me save that one. That's an important one. Uh, we're, we're mostly stuck with um, the flesh trying to make that more clear, this little self that's stuck and causing dramas most of the times, mostly in relationships, which you see couples go through all the time. Um, so we got a little picture of that. We'll, we'll also hear, we'll come back to that also. But our next, my next week, we want to get into spirit. What Paul might have meant by spirit. Remember, he's a radical guy. He threw a hand grenade right in the center of Christianity. He's like a master psychologist um, for his, for the time and what he knew at that time. So next, we're going to move to spirit. So that'll be next week's show. We got part door, part two. Part two. Okay. Okay. So. Thanks for listening. Um, I send a special blessing to you that this work will have some meaning to you um, and that some way in your life you could um, begin a journey to see what the purpose of the second nature is about, which Paul called spirit. Okay, so see you next week. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.
You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.